All right, we are live. Hello and welcome into Short Yardage, presented by For Fantasy Sake. I'm Michael Sicoli. I'm here with Nick Girl and the legendary Doug, who I'm blanking on your last name right now and I'm about to get yelled at for. But special guest in this week. How's it going? Good, guys. Yes, it's, it's simple. It's it's the color at the bottom of the screen. Oh, green. oh my goodness. Yeah. No, there that's... we go. No, we're off to a flying start here on Thursday night, and we might as well be because the NFL is back tonight. We have a we have a preseason game tonight. Woo. How does that feel? We are back. For our Steelers. Oh, seeing Dwayne Haskins throw the Hall of Fame game. This is what we're here for. Hopefully, uh, all the all the sickos out there are jumping into the preseason DFS streets. Um, that's where we make our real money. At least that's what they tell us. But um, we're all just throwing darts against the, a dartboard at this point. So good luck out there. No, yeah, this is this is the beginning of the lovely climb for Anthony McFarland right into, oh my goodness, he's going to be a great fit in this scheme because he lights up the Cowboys third stringers on Thursday Night Football. So that that is great, but what is not great, and we might as well get right into it, was the were the injuries that, you know, befelled, I don't even know if I said that right, but, you know, hit the Colts this week. Quinnen Nelson and Carson Wentz, two, two of arguably the best players, um, or most important players went down with injuries to their foot slash ankle. Both are going to have the exact same surgery, same timeline, about five to twelve weeks. How are we feeling about that? That's that's brutal at this time of year. Yeah, not great, not great at all. Um, fortunately, I, th- I think uh, the fantasy community as a whole was was not investing heavily in a lot of these pieces, um, unless you were scooping up the value at every turn. If you're putting your a lot of chips in on uh, Frank Wright, Carson Wentz reunion, I, I understand that. I don't think a lot of people were doing that. So all in all, it went from eh, hopefully they they go somewhere and to um, just a really big avoid on on all accounts. Um, we could talk about specific players. Uh, what do you think, Doug? Yeah, losing those two. I did the uh, AFC South preview on the site, and yeah, it's never good when you lose kind of your two big pieces there. That's that's. It's not looking good for the Colts this year. Um, I really thought that, that maybe with Wentz and Nelson, they could they could maybe contend um, down there, maybe take a run at, at Tennessee, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen now. Mm-hmm. That's the interesting thing. It, it, does, it doesn't seem – I guess like when you bet on Carson Wentz being your Super Bowl window quarterback, if you think you're in a Super Bowl window, it's, it's kind of like you don't want to keep giving up um, equity – to uh, to trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo, Marcus Mariota, something like that. Um, so it seems like they're like, let's just do a soft tank for a year. Uh, maybe we, we come on strong in the stretch and squeak into the playoffs and make some noise. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a really tough 5 to 12 weeks for that team. Um, hopefully it's closer to 5 than 12, though. They See, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think we have to write off the Colts yet. I mean, this is if it's 5 to 12 weeks, 5 weeks puts them around week 1, week 2. Um, and let's say tentatively, because we remember the Colts sent a first round pick to the Eagles that converts into a second. If he plays 75% of their game, 70% um, as a playoff team. So if he, let's say I, what I, what I'm envisioning is they hold him out through week four, whether he's healthy or not, because they have an awful start to the schedule. They have a really tough playing like the Rams and it, it's, it, I they they can hold that out, convert that pick to a second. Um, but as for yeah, the fancy impact, you, so so what? Can you explain that situation specifically? How the comp pick works? 
Yeah, so the Colts sent a um, conditional first-round pick for Carson Wentz to the Eagles. That pick is only a first-round pick if Carson Wentz plays 75% of their games. Um, that It could be 70% of their games if the Colts end up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that how that ends up working, basically, is if Carson Wentz misses four games, that pick goes into a um, – that pick goes to a second round pick, which is obviously a that's a huge difference at you know that I high up in the draft. Yeah, I think that's that's where that's there you have it. We're gonna see him week five at the earliest if he's healthy. Because yeah, if, if he comes on strong, they make the playoffs and make a run and he hits that 70% mark in their eyes, he's earned that. Um yeah. otherwise they're they're increasing their probability of that pick being a second round pick. So I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, what so fantasy? So let's say we're without Carson Wentz and his protection for four weeks. Um, how big of a discount do you need on these players, uh, Jonathan Taylor? Let's start with him um, before you you pull the trigger. I mean, he was going in the first round, and I, I'm excited for Jonathan Taylor. He's still, a, you know, he's he ha- he has that second year leap written all over him, but he has the variables that we couldn't ignore. We have uh, Naeem Hines isn't going away. Um, they brought back Marlon Mack, if you want me to speak his name back into existence, um, mm-hmm. who's getting some good reports out of camp as well. Um, I, I view him as a second round guy. I'll still, I'll, I'll happily take him at the top of the second round, um, and roll the dice that, you know, we just see that efficiency that we saw from last year, but we have to maintain losing Quinn and Nelson is bigger to me than losing Carson Wentz for Jonathan Taylor. Um, it, it, whether we got, we're going to get, you know, the old ones we saw, that was a question mark, but we were not questioning Carson, uh, Quinn Nelson. Quinn Nelson was going to be an all pro. He's always been. So you lose mm-hmm. him, you lose their left tackle. Um, Anthony Constanzo, who retired early in the off season. This is not the same offensive line that we saw last year. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm I'll take him in the second round because he has that talent. He can do that jump. But, um, I saw another stat actually that he, he ran, I think he got he he what's it, called? it was yards per, yards per uh, before contact. Jonathan Taylor was getting touched two point two yards into his run uh, away from Quinn Nelson. He was getting touched six yards into his run with Quinn Nelson. It's a wow. colossal yeah. loss. Yeah. So Doug, he's sitting there in the middle of the second round. Are you are you taking Jonathan Taylor there without Quentin Nelson and without Wentz? Probably not. I'm probably looking for at least a round discount on him. Yeah. I'm probably waiting. I'm probably waiting at least another round before I pull that trigger. Yeah, I mean his touchdown efficiency is going to go down. They're not going to be in the red red zone as much as much. Um, I will say he he is slated for more pass catching work than I think people give him credit for. He's not exactly like Nick Chubb in that regard. He gets about thirty targets or so. Um, but Naheem Hines is the pass catching back. I again, the answer is always wide receiver in the early rounds. So I'm out. Uh, so I guess let's let's direct yeah. it to wide receivers. Uh, uh, Michael Pittman, um, you know, people taking a really late flyer on T.Y. Hilton. Are we t- totally taking them off the board? Are we holding out a little bit of hope? Um, and for the quarterback situation, since we don't need to touch on it for fantasy, I think we're all expecting some ugly combination of Jacob Eason, who are kind of liked out of college, but reports are not promising. Brett Hundley, who We've seen enough of Brett Hundley for a lifetime, and um, Sam Ellinger, who was a six-round pick, and yeah, I'm not really too enthused about either. I don't know that. I mean, these are kind of later, mid to late round guys, anyway. So the effect on those types of guys is going to be maybe around. Um, you're not going to see a huge fluctuation, um, I think. 
And none of these guys pop. Um, I have been listening to a lot of the uh, Matt Harmon reception perception pods, which is really cool stuff. Uh, go sub to that site. Um, super interesting. And the, the big thing about that is it tries to isolate the, the wide receiver from its quarterback. So the quarterback might be bad and missing the target or not, not seeing the open receiver. Like he kind of isolates that by just watching the receiver and if they get open or not. And none of these guys really pop in the, the quarterback isolated model. Um, Michael Pittman is kind of above the threshold that you like to see like 70% against like man coverage or whatever that the truly elite wide receivers hit, but he's like right there at 70%. So, um, if he were a, a player kind of like, um, uh, someone like, uh, like an Odell Beckham, like in his prime was in the 99th percentile. Um, and you could kind of spot his breakout coming because he's just always open. If he was that type of player, I think you can put me back there and I'm, I'm still drafting him just betting on that type of upside. Um, but yeah, not exciting. Um, still in a void for me. Um, but I say that and then like, you'll see in like one of those big best ball tournaments, like a Sam Eason, Michael Pittman stack or Jacob Eason uh, turns into the next Tom Brady and he's got a Michael Pittman stack <laughs> and like, they win it all. So I think that's, the, it's like a 0.001% outcome now. Yeah. All in all, I, um, I think we're expecting a very slow start for the Colts which does set up for a nice little buy low opportunity for Jonathan Taylor around week two, week three. Uh, if you know, if you want to go down that route, um, which, you know, if you start zero RB, that might be a nice way to go. Um, mm-hmm. Although Naeem yeah. Hines is always a buy. Yes. Naeem Hines does. is always a buy. <laughs> yeah. Doug, that that, that, is, that is exactly Hines. how I would feel about Carson Hines. Wentz as well. Yeah. Okay, that that's fair enough. Honestly, I I, I Carson, I, I think uh, Naeem Hines was like the number two graded receiver. Out, that not over running backs, out of receivers and by PFF. But people can take PFF for whatever it's worth. You know, iPhone police don't yeah. think about I it. I think it's a little noisy, but it's a cool idea. It's definitely there to generate Um, so I, I was talking about, uh, talking to you about this before the show. Do you want to talk about that little dynasty thing we were talking about? Yeah, yeah. Let's see a spicy one, folks. Let's let's uh let's spend about two minutes on it, and we'll we'll talk about this mock. Yeah, we'll we'll make this real quick, and then we we'll get into a mock draft, which is going to be a ton of fun. Definitely encourage you guys to hop on for that. Um, so I, I'm talking with someone in my league as a contender. Um, I would be sending DJ Moore my 2022 first and Chase Edmonds, uh, half PPR, not superflex, for CD Lamb, Elijah Mitchell, and a 2023 second. Um, yeah, we were, we were back and forth on this. I'll try to kind of take you through my, um, progression here when you first said it is initially I was like, wow, you're giving up a lot for CD lamb. I don't know if the gap between DJ Moore and CD, CD lamb is quite chase Edmonds plus a first. Um, but then I, I kind of came around on it in that CD lamb, um, is younger. Um, he kind of did everything that you want a prospect of his caliber to do in a rookie season, especially with a pretty electric quarterback that, uh, in a high paced offense, he runs a lot of his routes out of the slot. He gets a lot of those low a dot, um, catches and he's great after the catch. Um, seems like they're going to move him around and he's going to be kind of the, uh, the queen in the chess in the, in the chess, uh, set where they're going to kind of try to get him those, those favorable matchups. Cause, um, he seems to be their most explosive player. And I mean, you want to talk about camp hype. CD lamb. They just can't get enough of them there in Dallas. Um, So at the end of the day, I think it's pretty clear that CD lamb is the best dynasty prospect. And in my opinion, if you have the best player in the trade, 
doesn't matter how many pieces you're moving around um, to a certain degree. Um, whoever has the best player wins the trade, and it's pretty clear you win that one. Um, yeah. Two nickels do not equal a dime in uh, dynasty trades. No, and I definitely try to go after the best player available, just like you said. And it weighs on me that C.D. Lamb, C.D. Lamb's, we're talking about a big breakout this year, but he's got a long career ahead of him, just like D.J. Moore. But um, mm-hmm. Michael Gallup is, Dak is there for the long term. Amar Cooper is there for a few more years. Michael Gallup walks next year. Um, mm-hmm. This is still going to be a pretty pass-heavy offense. C.D. Lamb's a great yeah. talent. That's you. I just don't get an opportunity to get C.D. Lamb too often, if ever. Um you know, especially with the hype we're getting for him right now. Um, and that window is going to close because it, he's, it's, we got two players here who are bust proof. It's just a matter of who has the higher ceiling. Um, and if I think CD Lamb can hit that ceiling because DJ Moore is hamstrung by Carolina. He's a great player. He's still a great player for Dynasty. But as a contender, I think I, I, it would be really nice to have him on my lineup. But that's yeah. all we need to touch on for that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Go um, for it, dude. Pull the yeah. trigger. No, we get to the meat of this. We're going to have our first short yard mock draft here. Uh, we have, I believe, six people tuning in. Um, the three of us as well as three. Uh, oh, no, we have more. Awesome. Oh, yeah, that's my but, that's my boy Fitzy. He's a, he's a sharp. Watch out. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, we got Raleigh Millette over there, who's a good friend of mine, good, who's a good supporter of everything we do over here. So really excited for this. We got it's, – it's a pretty standard setup. We got one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, only one flex – uh kicker in the defense half ppr uh i believe we settled on six bench spots yes sir um yeah we ready and, to get uh, into this i don't want to Sorry. give away my strategy but uh because uh, we are trying to make this as close to a real draft as possible but i am going to be using um the tools uh one of the tools is the uh the redraft sims uh spreadsheets that uh, that are going to be in the the redraft guide that's coming out soon a lot of hard work went into that from our very own doug green so um I'm going to be using it live just as, as, just as, as it was intended. So we'll see what we end up with. And Yep. Okay. Let's get into it. And Doug's going to start us off anyway. Team one going to start off with Christian McCaffrey. No surprise there. No, none. And I will take Mr. Dalvin cook as soon as I figure out how to actually draft him on here. Green button on the left. Yeah. There's the little plus sign. Ah, got it. Okay. There we go. Awesome. And we're off. Team three going to take Nick Chubb. We got, on the wagons, on the clock, although I'm not sure if he's in the room. A little bit surprising Nick Chubb up there. That's, I mean, that's the CPU for you, but Nick Chubb going in the top five, that's something. I mean, especially in a half PPR league, that's, you know, I, I love Nick Chubb, but I'm, I'm not seeing top three upside out of him. Yeah, I think the, uh, the old uh, auto-draft algorithm there is giving some uh... – um, kind of hit his upside ADP and a half PPR. I'm not going to lie though. I mean, you get some, uh, some people that really like to establish it. Um, some, some run the damn ball people. You'll see Nick Chubb at three in some of these um, half PPR 12 team drafts for sure. Yeah. And I, you, you, we, t- we argued about this last week, you know, me talking about Nick Chubb being a tier two type of player. And then you immediately correct me calling him a tier three. So yeah, I, I will stay there. I'm just happy that I'm going to be able to choose either Derek Henry or Alvin Kamara, hoping it's Alvin Kamara and it's not Alvin Kamara. So that's all right. I'm sitting here at the 105. I'm looking. I'm not looking at receiver like you might. I'm not looking at Travis Kelsey. I'm looking between Derek Henry, Saquon Barkley, and that's about it. With the Quinn Nelson and Carson Wentz thing, I'm not looking at Jonathan Taylor. I'm just going to 
cut to it. I'm going to take Derrick Henry. Some safe there volume there. Take the big dog. Yeah. I mean, there, there's very few players with as much assured volume as Derrick Henry in a very productive Tennessee offense. Oh, man. This is a tough spot for uh, for my good friend here. Oh, he snap yeah. picks. Interesting. The first was. Yeah, first receiver off the board. We had Saquon go after Henry, Devontae Adams after that, Aaron Jones after that, Elliott after that, Riley Millett. Elliott at nine is a good pick. Elliott at nine is a good pick. It is It is good, and I, I think that's about where you should go. And Travis Kelsey going at 110, first tight end right there. Tyreek yeah. Okay, taken. so I'll say um, here's sharp first round, sharp first round. The uh, the ones that um, here at this spot, if you're, you're going to see a Barkley or Elliott or Jones kind of slip. Um, I think they rightly should go in the top 10. Um, and then what you see is maybe a Kelsey. Um, the Sims are a huge fan of Travis Kelsey, and he does end up there at the 12 spot from time to time. But given what um, what's sitting here at the turn, um, I'm going to trigger a lot of people with this, but um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Stephon Diggs, who is uh, my number two wide receiver overall behind Tyreek Hill. And I'm going to actually follow that up with a surprise. And um, – the Sims say to go uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but I'm going to bet on some younger upside here with DK Metcalf. Oh, oh, see, well, I told you the 201 would annoy me. I could, I was, I like that Diggs pick. I don't even mind you going double receiver there. Um, but man, passing, passing DeAndre Hopkins and that volume for DK Metcalf, who I view as a very streaky guy. But um, and we already start to see Jonathan Taylor slip into the second round there. Yeah, that's uh. Man, I, 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 you're gonna like that start. You got the volume and self-assured week to week of Stefan Diggs, and you know the explosiveness of Metcalf that can win you a week. That's not a bad start right there. The Sims love DK Metcalf. No, I, I, I I'm, just, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm willing to. I need to see another year. I that that second yeah. half slump is a little bit of a concern for me. Um. We have Austin Eckler going off the board. DeAndre Hopkins going at two hundred four. After that, AJ Brown. That's a that's an interesting pick. I don't I don't hate it. I like him. Uh, Joe Mixon. Then Antonio Gibson. Now I'm sitting here, and I think, yeah. Now I oh man, this is a tough one. I'll walk you guys through what I'm thinking. I'm sitting here with Derrick Henry already taken, and Najee Harris and Calvin Ridley are staring me in the face. Now. Starting off with two workhorse running backs like Derrick Henry and Najee Harris are incredibly tempting. Mm-hmm. And when I look at the receivers still there, I do see a teardrop coming. I – oh, man, that is that is a tough one. I'm going to – I also have George Kittle staring me in the face as well. But, man, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Calvin Ridley. I see someone with wide receiver one upside there. That's uh, That's someone I don't think I can pass on. What do you got here for us, Doug? All right. So, uh, Najee Harris was the guy I was kind of thinking about there. He went off the board right after right after Michael. And then somebody cracked the seal on quarterbacks and took Mahomes. So, I was thinking I would go – I was thinking I would go running back here. But I think now um, I'm probably going to go wide receiver and I'm probably going to go Justin Jefferson. When you're working the corners like – Nick is at the 12 spot and even the one, two and the 11s and 12s, I always try and think of things in pairs. So, cause a lot of times they're coming right back to you like this is. Um, so I took Justin Jefferson, the, the system took Waller and Deandre Swift um, there at the two, three swing. And now it's right back to me again. Um, I think at this point, 
and this is going to be a homer pick, and I'm going to hear about it. But I know he's not going to make it back to me, so I'm going to take my guy, Allen Robinson, here. I know I'm reaching for him, but he's the kind of guy that I'm looking for um, usually here in, in this scenario. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that start. I, I'm going to I'm gonna walk through my pick, and I've got a question to ask you, Doug, about your uh, selection. But um, I'm sitting here with Derek Henry, Calvin Ridley, George Kittle, and Keenan Allen went after Allen Robinson. I'm looking at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, Elaire, uh, J.K. Dobbins, Terry McLaurin, Dave Montgomery. And I got to say that the running backs are going to plummet after this pick. C.D. Lamb is looking me in the face, and he's he's – He's asking me to draft him as is Terry, but I think I'm just going to stick to my guns and look at CH for Dobbins. I've always been a Dobbins guy. I saw Daryl Williams is getting about 40% of the first team work. I'm taking J.K. Dobbins. Um, but real quick, I wanted to ask you, Doug, any hesitation about stacking Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson there? Not really, no. Um, I think that, that, that Minnesota is going to have the – Enough volume there. Um, they, they, their defense is good enough to keep them close enough that Cook always gets plenty of plenty of volume. And then when they do fall behind, um, Jefferson's kind of got the ability to to pick up all of those all of those targets when they are behind. So I I feel good about they kind of offset each other. Um, there you're going to get a little yin and yang there, but I don't think that that, that is necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, no, I like that. Alphas are going to eat. Alphas are going to get there, so I like that. So after my pick of Dobbins, uh, Dave Montgomery went off the board. Josh Allen, another quarterback taken right there, second one um, second one there. Uh, Terry McLaurin, Clyde Edwards-Elair, taken right before Riley, who I know would have loved to get Clyde there. Um, yeah, I want to say, um, Mike, your, your pick of Calvin Ridley there at 2-8, um, it's, it's pretty close for him, um, between him and Metcalf for me at – uh, at, at my pick at the turn there. So um, Ridley's going to smash, and I, th- I don't know why people aren't um, onto that a little bit more. Um, thank you to Team 11 taking uh, Jonathan Taylor and <laughs> Josh Jacobs, so we don't have to. Um, that's meant for great content. All right, we're sitting here at the turn. Um, CD Lamb is here, so that's a pretty easy one for me. Um, we're kind of penalizing him in the projections, um, the expert projections and in my model for a bad, not bad, but bad for him uh, back half of the year with Andy Dalton, but he still got there. I mean, he was still a top 20 wide receiver as a rookie pops in all the prospect models. That's what you want to see. Um, all right. So here um, we are at uh, pick number. Uh, what is this? 401. 401. So. Okay. Um, so what we're looking at is I know a lot of people are probably screaming at me to take a running back. Um, and I actually, uh, will not. Um, I'm going to take Julio Jones here and get a veteran in my uh, in my locker room here. Veteran, add some add some age to that very young core right there. Yeah. So my uh, so before it gets to you here, um, I do kind of keep in mind um, a little bit of I try to diversify the types of receivers I'm getting. Um, kind of like an investment portfolio, so that um, the idea is that they're kind of smashing on different weeks, so that uh, they kind of complement each other. Stephon Diggs is kind of checks all boxes. He's still young, still very much uh, entering his prime, get a second-year quarterback. He's the still ascending elite. Um, DK Metcalf, again, he's young enough that we might not have seen um, his prime yet or his best season. Um, they might diversify his route tree a little bit, which um, could get him open, and he's just smashed. Every, he's gotten better every single year he's been on a football field. 
CD Lamb again, young ascension. Um, you could see him in the second round or even the first round next year. I, I think that's in his range of outcomes. And then here's where Julio Jones, um, I'm kind of expecting him to really, really be my flex for sure in the front half of the year. And then um, I think Father Time will come knocking and you'll see his production kind of drop. But hopefully I can buoy that with some some late young um, receivers. So uh, there is a method to this wide receiver uh, onslaught madness. Fantasy football is, is all about mixing the, the the floor with the upside right there. So I, I, I definitely see what you're doing there. I like it a lot. Um, Michael Thomas went off the board after Julio Jones, followed by Amari Cooper and Chris Godwin. I do like Amari Cooper there. I think I think we're already forgetting what Amari Cooper was with Dak Prescott there. I mean, he was he was the wide receiver one for a good stretch there. But um, Chris Godwin went after that, then Kyler Murray, Chris Carson, and Miles Sanders. Was not looking at any of those. This pick is pretty easy for me. I'll quickly run through who's on the board, but it's Daryl Henderson, Lamar Jackson, Robert Woods, DJ Moore, Miles Gaskins, Travis Etienne, Mark Andrews being the top tight end available, according to ADP. And I'm not going to take him. I'm going to take Robert Woods, who's been a wide receiver one. And I cannot believe that we are continuing to disrespect Robert Woods at this point in his career. Um, it this makes is the screaming. This is the screaming pickoff for the Sims as well. So yeah, it, it, it makes zero sense to me. And as as much as I'd love to take a Travis Etienne and sit on that breakout or see what a three down Rams running back might look like, Robert Woods is a week to week play, and it's there's no point in passing on value there. No, no, Bobby Trees is, is definitely a solid pick at, at that point. Bobby Trees, uh, I like that. <laughs> That's what we always call on the show. All right, seems to be back to me. Um, so, looking here at the draft board, uh, Lamar Jackson's the guy at the top of the list. Probably not taking a quarterback at this point. Uh, I'm going to wait for that for a little while. Uh, DJ Moore, Miles Gaskin, um, not guys I'm really kind of interested in. Um, Travis Etienne has been getting a lot of a lot of run in in the in the in this preseason. So I think he's somebody I'm going to try and gamble on um, just because they seem to be playing him. They're, they're throwing him a lot of passes. Um, and I want to see what, what that's going to look like with, with him there. Um, the AI takes Galladay and DJ Moore at the turn. So it comes right back to me. As I look this over, because my choices still haven't changed too much here. Um, Kyle Pitts is sitting here, and normally I would not take a tight end this early, but this is one of those things where I'm like, eh, maybe I do. Maybe I pull the trigger on a Kyle Pitts here in the fifth just to see, you know, roll the dice and see kind of what see kind of what we've got here. Um, looking at kind of some of the rest of the of the guys that are right here at the top. I do feel good about that. I'm going to go ahead and roll the dice with Kyle Pitts at this point. Interesting. All right. I I, I don't hate that by any stretch. Um, Kyle Pitts, I, I, my, my only question, we are drafting him to have the best rookie season um, of any tight end in recent memory. And the funny thing is, I think it's well within his range of outcomes. Um, but I'm, I'm here on the clock. I'm very disappointed that Chase Claypool just got sniped before me. Um, not that he would have been my pick, but Man, I uh, I'm I do like Chase Claypool as I wrote up on my AFC Northbrook breakdown. Um, but Lamar Jackson's looking at me. I really want to take Lamar, but I'm still passing on quarterback even in the fifth round, which is a good value for Lamar. 
Um, I'd be strongly concerned Cooper Cup if I didn't take Robert Woods. I like other names, so I don't want to double up there. I like TJ Hawkinson, but I'm still on the bypass mid-tight end range right now. For me, um, I'm looking at Tyle Lockett, and I'm looking at Deontay Johnson, um, who I both uh, I view Deontay Johnson as a very strong PPR play. Even in half PPR, he should get his. Uh, but I have volume, man. I have volume. I'm taking Tyler Lockett. Oh, what a tilt. But um, <laughs> yeah, that, that is a tilt and a half. But looking at my roster, um, I was reminded of what you just said, Nick, where I have Derrick Henry. I have Calvin Ridley. I have J.K. Dobbins. I have Robert Woods. Every single one of those names, I feel very confident in their volume. Um, some might not be about J.K. Dobbins, but I'm pretty confident. Tyler Lockett has some explosive upside. And playing him as my wide receiver three, I can af- – with that type of depth, I can, I can maintain. I can live without that. With the, uh, I can live with the with the lows as long as I get the highs, and I'm pretty confident I'll get the highs. So after after my pick, uh, T.J. Hawkinson goes off the board. Mark Andrews off the board. Brandon Ayuk, the first of the 49ers wideouts. Um, Lamar Jackson finally going off the board at five nine. Really like that pick right there. Oh man, that I I I'm still I'm still recovering from that tilt right there. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man. Okay, so Brian Mullet on the clock right now. He's got Travis Kelsey, Austin Eckler, Mike Evans, and Mark Cooper. Two wide receivers, one running back. So you got to imagine he's not looking at Dak when he took tied, um, Travis Kelsey that early, and he takes Cooper Cup, Justin Herbert off the board. Nick is on the clock. Um. So yeah, right here. I mean. This is, this is called taking what the board gives you. Um, uh, Dak Prescott doesn't make it to the back end of the fifth round very often. Um, and I already had CD lamb. So, um, I'm going to stack just to get that correlation. Cause we don't want to finish fifth. We either want to finish last or first. Um, that's the type of attitude uh, that you want to draft with. And then this one, I'm going a little bit more field than uh, than, than relying on the Sims here. Um, um, I'm going to pair that vet Julio Jones with another receiver with a rookie, uh, Jamar Chase. Um, and yeah, so just kind of take the, take Jamar Chase to kind of learn the ropes and carry me in the back half of the season. And then Julio Jones, um, and his old knees, hopefully he can, he can come out of the gates hot and, um, they, they'll complement each other really well. We got to tell a story with our draft folks. Tell a story. Tell a story. Paint a thread. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling a story that I'm sweating over taking Tyler Lockett, and I'm just going to be thinking about that for the rest of the night. But uh, Deontay Johnson off the board after that. Got to imagine Ron Mullet's strongly considering Chase Edmonds, maybe some upside Javante, and he's off the board with Javante. Saw that coming. Um, Adam Thielen after that, taking a third wide receiver right there. Ah, man, I, 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 I Javante Williams in the Broncos backfield is really something to break down. I'm not sure what to do with that. I don't think it's what everyone wants it to be. Everyone Mm. wants the shiny new toy and the rookie to come out and be the league winner, but Melvin Gordon's got a contract that they can't get rid of. They can't trade it. They can't cut it. So they're, but what they they can do is run into the ground. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, the the upside case for Williams is that they run Melvin Gordon to the ground. He gets hurt and then we're off to the races, which I don't think is a, I think the likelihood of that outcome is probably better than a coin flip. Yeah, no, and, and and so after after Javante there, I, I I think Javante will take over at some point in the year, but you know it's how long you want to wait on it. Um, but Adam Thielen going off after that, T Higgins, Odell, who I couldn't 
imagine drafting the six. No offense. Um, oh my god, that's a great pick. Don't let him get stop you down. It. Uh, Russell Wilson after that, and I my pick is made, so I can I can talk all day if I wanted to, but. I am a very big fan of Chase Evans this year. I think Chase Evans is going to catch a lot of balls. He's going to see an increase in carries. And I think he's just got some juice that James Conner doesn't have. James Conner is no lock for health either. As my RB3, Chase Evans, easy pick. 6-8, man. I, you know, he, I feel like I never get around him around 6-8. But uh, I'm happy with that selection. Um, Melvin Gordon go off the board after that. Uh, DJ Chark after that. And Doug, you're on the clock. Yeah, so my choice is here. Uh, looking at Mike Davis because I did take Travis Etienne, who's be you know kind of that hybrid kind of guy. Uh, Mike Davis, somebody has to carry the ball down in Atlanta. Um, I don't think James Robinson's as dead as what everybody thinks that he is, um, but I already have Etienne, so I don't want to kind of double up there um, and kind of lock myself into those two places. I think at this point, though, I think the guy that I'm going to take is Cortland Sutton. Uh, I think I'm going to grab him right here at. Um, at, at this pick and then see if I can get Mike Davis to come back to me um, here real quick. And he and you does, which is great. So I'm going to go ahead and take Davis here. Um, again, usually on, on those turns, a lot of times once I've kind of established most of my main guys, most of the guys that I would call my starting lineup, quote unquote, um, I'll take them in pairs. So I'll usually go, wide receiver with one pick and running back with the next or vice versa, just to kind of swap them back and forth. Um, just so I'm, I'm making sure that I'm balanced. I don't get too big of a, a wide receiver run um, in there. I try to make sure I, I, I have, have balanced picks there. Yeah, no, I definitely like that. I, I'm, I don't think anyone needs to be concerned about doubling up on Atlanta. That should be a pretty high powered offense. Um, so I'm here on the clock. I have three running backs, three wide receivers, Still don't have a tight end. Still don't have a quarterback. Now, I would be considering quarterback here. I know there are some names I'm looking at. Um, but I, I am also looking at the board. And every single team, with the exception of Riley, has taken a quarterback ahead of me. So I have, I have pretty good faith that a quarterback will come back around to me. So I'm not going to reach for one here. I'm going to look at the wide receivers available because that's where the value is right now. And I, I'm not as high on James Robinson and Ronald Jones. So I'm looking at... Robbie Anderson as a I, I, Robbie Anderson is one of the biggest values in drafts right now, in my opinion. He's being used short yards, being used downfield. Sam Darnold likes him. His own coach from college is his coach in the NFL. I'm taking Robbie Anderson. Debo Samuel is a good value pick there by our lovely CPU team who just took Debo Samuel as the wide receiver one in round seven. Um, but after Debo Samuel, Devonta Smith going off the board, which is interesting because I would have considered Devonta Smith there. I'm a little bit worried about that MCL injury he suffered in practice about, uh, I don't know if that was earlier this week or last week, but MCL injury could probably miss a couple weeks of August, not necessarily at risk for week one yet. Um, but Ronald Jones going off the board after that as the RB two right there really like that roster. Um, of Aaron Jones, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Kyler Murray, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, and Ronald Jones. That is, that's, yeah, that's a pretty media lineup. That's, that's, that's a fire draft from A. Romo. Yeah, pretty happy with that, with a great Elon Musk profile pick as well. Just be <laughs> proud of yourself right now, buddy. Um, but T. Fitzy on the clock right now. Man, a lot of lot of options you could go for here. Only three, uh, only two running backs could be looking there, but only three wide receivers. 
Got to imagine this could go in any direction here. It's tough to decide, but uh, give a little ADP check. We got James Robinson, Dallas Goddard, Noah Fant, Aaron Rodgers, Damian Harris, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, and Brandon Cooks is the pick. Interesting. That's an interesting good, pick right there. If you're yeah, only going to take, if you're going to take a Texan, that's the one to take. He's going to be the guy, no matter who the quarterback is. They're going to be behind enough that I feel like he's going to get enough volume that he's going to be the guy that you want off that squad. All right, so Dallas Goddard goes there. Um, so just a quick idea, if you notice, I have not taken a running back yet. Um, and so this is a true zero RB draft. The benefit of a zero RB draft is you do get um, the elite value that falls. So I'm going to bet that D- Dak Prescott's going to be uh, healthy. Um, so another thing I'm, I'm thinking here is I need to take a look at um, the other onesie position, tight end, and see if there's a tier break. And I do have Noah Fant. Um I do have Noah Fant here um, as kind of a clear tier above Logan Thomas, Mike Gusecki. So I feel good about getting the last of that like fourth uh, tight end tier. Um, So I'm going to take him um, and just hope for the best there with Teddy Bridgewater, just feeding him. Um, And then I am, I am, we're out of the the quote unquote dead zone. So these are bets that where the opportunity cost is I'm betting on um, the public being wrong. Um, And I'm also betting um, I'm betting on a situation where um, I benefit from chaos, like an injury um, or really anything where someone goes down in a backfield and, and uh, doesn't get the playing time we expect them to. So a couple of situations, the Jane Robinson one, that is that is pure, that is chaotic. Um, I don't quite have the stones for that one. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to bet on a rookie that's getting a lot of hype and he profiles as a good zero RB candidate as someone who catches passes as that Michael Carter. What have you been hearing out of camp about Michael Carter, Mike? Promising things. He's running with the first team. Um, I'll, I'm going to a little uh, tuner here. I'm going to just training camp on Saturday. Can't wait for that. I'll let everyone know on my constantly tweeting Twitter account. Um, but Michael Carter's been running with the ones. I think he's going to be the 1B, 1A of that Tevin Coleman-led backfield. And I don't think there's one running back that Salah and uh, young Matt LaFleur is going to employ. Or I think he's the OC, but... Um, He'll definitely be a part of it. I definitely would be surprised if he wasn't. Um, but the way that way that board fell for you, I really like that. You know, where maybe if Damian Harris wasn't there, if Michael Carter wasn't there, but Carter's always going to be there in the eighth. That that's that's a pretty reassuring pick there. Yeah, the big thing for me is like so Damian Harris and James Robinson. They're both in committee backfields right now. Yeah. Um, but they're not the pass catching guy. Another real exciting rookie there is Trey Sermon that just went off the board again. <sighs> Should be in a high-powered offense. Um, Romo's just – he's working the room right now. He's telling us. Yeah, story. he is. Oh, he's, he's hurting uh, me. But he's so, me. to me, it's between Sermon and Carter, and, and the tiebreaker for me is they're both in uh, run-first offenses that should be sharing the workload, but Carter's the guy who's going to catch the passes, and that's pretty clear. So, um, I'm going to bet on that upside. Yeah, and so after that, after the Michael Carter pick, James Robinson, Damian Harris, Jarvis Landry – Trey Sermon by A. Romo, who's killing this draft and hurting me deeply. Um, Tyler Boyd, who I talked about in my article, as a good value, who I like here as a very steady flex play. So I, I do like that pick. And the gamble of Will Fuller after that. I'm on the clock, and my gamble for quarterback panned out, as I thought, where the teams took their quarterbacks. Riley held out for another two rounds. So I'm not going to wait here with the teams ahead of me that need a quarterback. I'm not taking Aaron Rodgers, who's the top one ranked. I'm taking Tom Brady, who should be throwing the rock left, right, and center. And 
yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a pretty – I don't need to I – don't, I don't think I need to talk too much about Tom Brady being a great player. Never heard of him. Yeah, no, I, I tried to. You know, I tried to not hear of him, but I unfortunately am a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so he made himself ingrained as my memory as much as Ben Roethlisberger ever was. Um, but after that, uh, might have an auto draft coming up here, but we'll we'll see. Uh, well, while we're waiting for yeah. the pick to come in, Fitzy also, Fitzy and I must have very similar thought processes because that looks very much like a roster that I would normally draft over there. In fact, I was eyeing Landry with this pick. Um, surprised that that somebody jumped that that early. Um, so, little little hot under the collar for for that selection. Yeah, I, I invited some true sickos to this draft. I apologize <laughs> for that. I mentioned uh, I mentioned Landry as a value in my uh, AFC North breakdown as well. I mean, I, th- I think I think he's a pretty safe, uh, you know, plug in plug in the case of bye weeks type of thing, which is what I I don't mind getting in the eighth round. And OBJ's no lock for help. All right, so it's back to me. Um, I am in need of a quarterback, uh, as. Michael mentioned uh, Aaron Rodgers is sitting there at the top of the board. And now that his situation has been resolved, I have no qualms at all about pulling the trigger here. So I will take the nemesis from the North um, on the squad. Comes right back to me after two picks of Hertz and Fournette. Um, And I think at this point, uh, let's take a look and see who's out there. I've got Zach Moss at the top of the board. That's somebody who might be interesting. Uh, Kenyon Drake, Logan Thomas. Blah, there's a whole bunch of <laughs> here um, at this point. Can I trade back? Um, that would be uh, – Good luck finding someone. I know, right? <laughs> I am – I'm. Tr- oh, God. Uh, 30 seconds need to find somebody if I wouldn't – Take him, blah, blah, blah. You know what we're going to do? We're going to take – we're going to roll the dice. I'm going to pull the trigger on Robert Tanyan, stack Ooh. him with Rodgers, and then hope that we get the tie, the touchdown upside there um, when I need it. I, love I that. like that. I love that. Yeah, I like that because I, I – and I – because uh, Nick got on the – he got on the nose. The tight ends are gruesome for me right now. I am not too enthralled with Mike, Mike Yusecki, Tyler Higby. Uh, the Patriots duo and uh, the corpse of Rob Gronkowski. So I, I I'm looking here. I see Matt Stafford available, which makes me a little bit sad that I took Tom Brady, but um, I don't, I, I don't regret that pick. So I'm looking here. I was really worried you're going to make this pick Doug, but I'm going to lock in my guy who I am so excited for this year. And I will write, I'll, I'll take it to the grave. You, I have the receipts for it. I'm taking Mike Williams. Um, who I view as a very high upside, um, very high upside player with Justin Herbert entering the second year. Um, and Tony Brown going after that, who is also a really good value pick here, I think. Uh, but after that, we are waiting on that pick where Kenny Drake going off the board, which is interesting. Um, Kenny Drake, I, I, I can't ever bring myself. Oh, come on. I. I'm trying to break down Kenyon Drake, and then Elijah Moore goes off the board, and it just—it's—it's it's literally a stab Triggered, to my gut. Triggered. And he's in it the chat a... too. He's in the chat. Yeah. Oh. Oh my god. No, no, I, he's, I, he's in I, the, the Periscope chat. Uh, okay. I, I think he's I, watching the stream. Man, I am. No, I, I'm glad you're tuning in, man. But we, 
We are either we best friends problems. or worst enemies. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know if we have problems or if we're just yeah. like, sure. or if we're actually like really good friends who think alike. I don't know if it's one or the other. But after, <laughs> I got to put that aside. Um, Kenyon Drake, Elijah Moore, Devin Singletary, Jalen Waddle, Joe Burrow off the board. And Nick, you are on the clock. Yeah. So um, again, kind of looking at this like an investment portfolio, I got my five wide receivers I feel good about who honestly, I think all all of them could make a case to be uh, a top 12 wide receiver. Um, obviously, as you go down the list, the, the range of outcomes kind of gets narrower and narrower. But I feel really good about getting Dak Prescott at, at the end of a elite quarterback tier. Noah Fan at the end of a kind of your not quite elite, but could break through to be that elite asset um, tier. And then a young rookie, Michael Carter. So now what we're going to do is we're going to hammer – um, a veteran, James Conner, and just hope for the best there. He's going to get plenty of carries near the goal line on a high-paced offense. And then I'm going to follow that up with A.J. Dillon, which, God forbid, anything happens to Aaron Jones. Um, that's how you build, like, a super team. I'm going to benefit from any sort of chaos um, in the Arizona backfield or Green Bay backfield where it's the type of thing where you're spending all your fab on one of these players if they're on the wire. But I'll have them. Yeah. No, no you, you, you take the values where they come, and – you know, Michael Carter, James Conner. Nobody wants James Conner, but I think James Conner is going to have sneaky value this year, even as the Edmonds truther. Um, but after Dylan, Michael Gallup off the board, Matt Stafford, a great pick there, um, who I, I take 10 times out of 10 over Joe Burrow. Uh, Tony Pollard, after that. Can we talk that, about that? That's a, well, that's a misstep. Oh, I'm sorry, please. Fitz. He's, he's probably going to listen to this on Spotify or not at all, so I guess I'm not sorry if you don't listen to it. But you – Ezekiel Elliott and then Tony Pollard. It's like yeah. it's like putting putting fifty dollars on black and then turning around and putting fifty dollars on red. It's just a bet against yourself. You know, you're limiting yeah. your upside. However, I mean, if Zeke does go down, I'm going to look like an idiot um, if we were to play this out for real. But you can't bet on that. You got it. It's it's not a one two punch backfield. It's a it's a handcuff. And we, we no, I, I'm glad you no. brought that up. Yeah, because when you when you're taking a handcuff, especially in the tenth round, you are wasting a pick. Because it's someone who can't do anything unless you lose something else. And it, it you can't you can't predict injury. Um, and if you can't predict injury, spending a tenth is is an expensive place when you could spend that bet elsewhere. Um, but I'm on the clock here. I have 15 seconds because I talk too much. Uh, Corey Davis looking at me real quick. Naeem Hines, as we talked about, being a great value. Gus Edwards, who I has standalone value with my J.K. Dobbins. But um, instead, I'm, I'm going to take Naeem Hines, who I – I, I, I mean, I think we all agree on the value, with the exception of Doug, who apparently likes to slander him. Yes, that's me. Yeah, understandable. Um, but <laughs> man, I, 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 I know I'm going to have to draft one of these tight ends at some point, and it's. I mean, Naheem Hines is a zero RB. Like I was expecting him to be there, so that's I, I take that as a personal affront. Um, yeah. And- <laughs> Uh, you have, you have disrespected my honor, but no, uh, please, you know, please, please take all the offense you want. I am. I'm going I, I'm, back to I'm, drafting I'm, wide receivers to punish you. I'm sorry. I'll, I don't make those. Okay. Well, Elijah Moore's off the board. I've already been stabbed in the heart. So there's not much else that you can do to me that a Romo hasn't done already. So, uh, waiting for this pick right here. Um, Looking like I'm gonna say this is gonna be auto draft to be Ryan Tannehill, who honestly would also be the best pick available in my opinion. Oh yeah, um, huge. Um, let's look at the CPU. Do him a favor. CPU yep. does yep. him a favor. All right. Yes. Yeah, so Gus Ryan Edwards Tannehill after that. 
Yeah, right after that, Ryan Tannehill, there's a pretty big uh, tear drop off. But what do we got here, Doug? All right. So I have been sniped too many times. My boy Dar- Darnell Mooney is here. Um, I'm not letting him wow. slide. I'm going to go ahead and take him right here. Oh, man, just absolutely taking a daddy hack in the 10th round. With <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yep. Uh, then Gronk and Corey Davis go there at the turn. And while we were talking about uh, – I think I can still wait on my a couple of my aces in the holes here. So we won't talk about those two guys that I've got in my queue okay. just yet. All right. All right. So normally – What's that strategy? Point, the, I would the take, point? If I haven't taken that. two tight ends already, normally this would be – I'd be all over Irv Smith, who looks like he's going to be a good piece of that Vikings offense. Plus, I've already got two Vikings on my roster, so I really kind of want to avoid him. But he would normally be where I'd be looking at. Um, I think at this point, I'm going to go ahead and snag Devontae Parker here. Not crazy. Yeah, I'm not crazy about him, but I think that he's probably still the, the Dolphins wide receiver one down there. No, that, that's the most excited anyone's ever been about drafting Devontae Parker. So I, I completely agree that that I mean, at this point of the draft, he can be the one for that team. I, I, I like that completely. Uh, Bateman going yeah. right before me. I like that pick a lot. Um, but now now is the time where if I. Oh, God, do I Tyler Higby's looking at me and I said I would regret passing on tight end and I. Oh, God, this is ugly. No, I'm not taking Tyler Higby. I refuse to do that. I'm looking at Marvin Jones, who I really like as the – I think he's going to easily be the one for um, Jacksonville this year with, you know, Chanel getting his and uh, what's called called? Uh, DJ Chark just slipping a little bit. But um, I'm not I'm not in love with any name I see right now. Um, I do like Marvin Jones. So I'm probably just going to take Marvin Jones and just continue to bat tight end down the line. If you don't get one of the top three, for me, I'm I'm pretty much waiting. Uh, and Tyler Higby right after that. Uh, I what? Hate, you hate to see that. That's a rough one. I mean, the hope there is that he makes it back to you because I think uh, – well, Fitzy doesn't have a tight end, so um, – I thought everyone had a tight end before. He oh, Higby? Oh, oh, the with two CPU teams, I can't trust anyone. Obviously, yeah. you need to get your second tight end behind T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah. You know, you got to spend that 11th round pick on a tight end. But uh, after after <laughs> Tyler Higby, uh, oh, Jamal Williams, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Interesting. Trey Lance stands stand up. Okay. I, I don't hate it at all. We're at the point of the draft where I am – Oh, I'm I'm I, looking for upside. Um, I know I know uh, Romo's Romo's watching, so uh, I will say that's his first misstep. Because when you take a uh, a quarterback that early, you're betting on him being the guy. Um, you want to pair Trey Lance with with your sec. You want to take your second quarterback after him. That's maximizing the upside, whoever that may be. I mean, he could have he could have come back around and, and maybe gotten like a, let's see Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins. Oh, Matt Ryan's off the board. Um, even a Tua, that's two, that's two young upside guys. Like Tua could surprise us this year. Um, I kind of teeter back and forth on him on, on whether I'm a believer or not, but, but pairing him and the day one starter for sure. And with Lance, who I think we'll see by week four, um, I think is a good strategy, but not with Murray. Can't yeah. You also, yeah, you do have Kyler Murray, which is an every week play. You're probably not taking out the lineup regardless of Trey Lance. Um, but go on, you're on the clock. On the clock again, let's take a look here. Um, all right, so 
again, I'm going to trigger um, a lot of people with this pick, uh, just going for upside. He's got a, a different route tree in camp this year. I, I do think this is one of those uh, camp reports uh, in Nicole Hardman where um, it seems that he's not just one, running wind sprints oh. down the field. Um, he's got a little bit more diversified tree. And, I mean, it's a bet I want to make as someone who's going to sit on my bench. And if he's the number two and he's Tyreek Hill 1B, um, I'm again, I'm, I'm really liking that pick. But I do also need to take a running back here. So I'm just going to take a look at the line and see who's going to benefit the most from chaos. And uh, to me, it's Latavius Murray. Um, again, if God forbid, if anything happens to your your lovely first round running back, Alvin Kamara, I'm sorry, but I'm going to benefit from it. So no, no, no. <laughs> That's who I was planning on taking when it finally came back to me. He was one of the two guys that I had kind of stashed there. I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah. In, in my mind, you're exactly right, though. In my, in my mind, there's, there's a couple of guys that I try. If I'm, if I'm going to play zero RB or I'm going to – if I'm looking for handcuffs or backup guys that I'm looking to steal touches from, Latavius Murray, Alexander Madison, Troy Pollard – or I'm sorry, Tony Pollard are the three guys at the top of my list because you know that the that their main guys always miss a couple of games a year, so you know that they're going to get volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can't that's... take for granted those few those few weeks where you do have an RB one or RB two, and then also on top of that, for those few weeks, you have your flex filled with Julio Jones, Jamar Chase, or me. I mean, Miko Hardman's a bit of a stretch. I'm not going to lie, but I have the luxury of taking that upside shot because I have such a solid wide receiver core. And but ladies no, and gentlemen, I mean, this is an absolute zero RB work of art. Work of art. Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I guess Miko as your wide receiver, what is it now? Five, six, uh, six. I, yeah. I can stomach it, but it is, it is tough for me to look at. Uh, Michael Hartman on any roster, but um, after after Latavius Murray, uh, Hunter Henry off the board, Jaden McKissick, who's a sneaky pick this late, and I'm sure another zero RB target. Adam Troutman after that, which hurts me tremendously. Uh, Terrace Marshall, John Smith, and Baker Mayfield. So I'm looking here at Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I'm not looking at quarterback. Uh, Phil Lindsay, T.Y. Hilton, Alexander Madison, Cole Beasley. Um, Really, not not a very impressive group, um, not by any stretch. And we are looking at uh, it is it is crazy seeing Deshaun Watson's name down here in the twelfth round. But um, I'm still not going to take him either. Uh, looking at tight end, which I I know people are telling me that I would pick uh, Evan Ingram, Jared Cook, Austin Hooper, Cole Komet, and again I I still don't see a separator there. I I really don't. Um, so I think I'm going to take Nelson Aguilar, who I pro- still I project to be the number one in that offense. And whether that equates to value, who knows? But they paid him to be. And I mean, we're at the point of the draft where if I can get on the depth chart the number one receiver on the team, that's a pretty good value to me. Yeah, I would say that I don't think that I, I do think that there's a tear drop off after him. I don't think it's a big one. That the gap between the, the Nelson Aguilar tier and the T.Y. T- Hilton, Hilton yeah, It's not a huge gap, but, I mean, it's still, the, I, I think, a little bit of a gap. Yeah. I, I, with the gap I was referring to was more a tight end, where I don't see much between Evan Ingram and Jared Cook and Austin Hooper and Cole Komet to me. But um, at, at, at wide receiver, if I can get the number one um, in the 12th round, even for the Patriots, let's say Mac Jones takes over, even if, even if Cam can't do it. Maybe yeah. Mac Jones can. Mac Jones will throw the ball. He won't run. 
Um, yeah, betting on the Patriots after a down year is, I think, a good idea. Um, I want yeah, to take I'm, a look at – sorry, what was that? Go ahead. No, 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 go for it. I do while we are on auto draft here. I want to take a look at uh, Shino Prater here. Uh, Devontae Adams and then coming back with Joe Mixon. I like that because you're getting an elite wide receiver and then upside with like that running back, that what, that RB1 overall upside. I mean, he's got he's got the situation. Um, the line's a little bit iffy. Coming back with Josh Allen, locking in a, an elite quarterback, Chris Carson, and then Mark Andrews. Like I really do like that he has an elite quarterback and an elite tight end. And then he just hammers wide receiver. I think he he did a really good value based draft. But what do we got here, Doug? We got Justin Fields staring me in the face, but I am not going to pull the trigger there as much as I want to. And believe me, I really want to. Um, at this point here, I think I'm going to go Rondale Moore. Um, might not get the the volume early in the in the season, but I think that you'll see him pick up uh, more as the season goes along. Goes along. Um, and of course, the auto drafter immediately takes Justin Fields. Um, right behind me, and then Philip Lindsay uh, there. Uh, so that puts me back on the clock. And as I scroll down again, a whole bunch of nothing uh, here staring me back in the face. I'm pretty young, to be quite honest. This team's pretty young, but I'm going to go ahead and roll another, throw another dice roll here on another young guy. And I'm going to take Amon Ross, St. Brown, um, just because somebody has to catch passes in Detroit. And by reports, he's been looking pretty smooth. Um, probably their best route runner up there, and that's always a good, always a good thing to, to make sure that you're going to get targets there. All right, and after after that, we have Jalen Rieger and Evan Ingram off the board taking a tight end. Um, I'm going to quickly interject because I have the Steelers Cowboys game going on. I think I might have just saw Deontay Johnson get up a little bit gingerly after almost dropping a screen pass and then running. Get him out of the game. Yeah, what, I don't really know why he's. Game? I don't know why he's there in the first week of a four-week preseason game, and there it goes. on the se- and the second drive of the game. But um, yeah, I don't know why Nodge is out there either. Uh, but tilting. What's the pick? yeah? No, that's that's fine. Sorry, no, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna be upset with my Steelers right now. Um, I'm looking at absolutely no one that interests me in front of me. But uh, for now, I know I only have two more positional picks left. I'm going to take my tight end. I'm going to take Jared Cook. And if Mike Williams isn't catching touchdowns, then Jared Cook will. And if I'm wrong, if Jared Cook doesn't catch a couple touchdowns in the first couple weeks, then I am going to just – I'll drop him. I'll drop him and I'll stream off the wire. Um, All these teams that are taking two tight ends, that's not going to last. That will be cut for waiver wire pickups, and I'll take the value there. Yeah, let me me also – I I didn't quite get to it before Doug's pick, but – Taking Josh Allen in the third and also taking Trevor Lawrence, again, you're betting against yourself. Like I said, that's a that's a bet. That's a pick that's going to put you more towards the middle of the pack at the end of the year than towards the top. He could have um, instead taken a shot on Michael Pittman, taken a shot on some upside um, at the wide receiver position. Um, uh, maybe a Rashad Bateman, um, I think, would have made a lot of sense there instead of Lawrence. Devontae Parker, Corey Davis, bona fide wide receiver ones on their team. Again, um, I'd rather have either of them over my second quarterback because, again, it's likelier that those guys are going to be giving you points um, more weeks than Trevor Lawrence will if Josh Allen yeah. hits like you need him to in the third round. Yeah, and I'll quickly interject by saying that Deontay Johnson's still on the field, so I'm assuming he's fine. And um, we're back, dude. Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and we're back. It'll be uh, – it's not a benefit having an extra preseason game, man, but uh, you're, on, right. you're on the clock. 
Go for it. All right. So um, the auto draft at Team 11 giveth and the auto draft at Team 11 taketh away. That's the first time it sniped me. Um, I'd say Alexander Madison, Alexander Madison would have been a great zero RB pick there. Again, benefiting from chaos. I'm going to keep saying it. Um, so sitting right here, um, I do have a tough decision to make. And again, I will not take a quarterback or a tight end again because I feel that these two are – I invested enough draft capital early in them that we're, I'm betting – I'm putting a lot of um, – draft capital in there. So I don't want to double up on that. So I'm looking at wide receiver or running back here. And um, a guy who is really, really uh, a wild card. And again, at my wide receiver, what is it? Seven. I'm going to take that bet on Paris Campbell. we got two layers of uncertainty slash risk, depending on how you define it. Um, one of them being the quarterback situation, which I think that by the end of the year, when I might need him will be better. Also the injury situation, if he makes it, um, if he's still on my team by the end of the year, end of the year, it means it's healthy. And that's more than you can say for a lot of picks in the 13th round. So let's take a look at running back. Um, I'm going to reach here cause I don't think he'll make it back to me. I'm going to take Rashad Penny. Um, and again, Rashad Penny is uh, a lot of reports out of camp, former first round NFL draft pick. Um, I want to bet on those guys coming back from injury. I think we penalize players too much for injury. Um, that's my last running back. I think I'm going to, be able to draft because I have to take a kicker in defense. They're going to force me. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think about Rashad Penny? A lot of good things coming out of camp about him. No, yeah, and I'm I'm sure Pete Carroll is very good at three things. He's he's very good at coaching defense. Um, he's very good at chewing gum, and he's very good at talking up his players. Um, Pete Carroll. So I Rashad Penny is. Yeah, I liked him before the injuries. There's just too many knee injuries for me to expect anything at this point. But uh. I, I it's a 14th round pick. It's your last positional pick. Um, I don't mind it by any stretch. Um, but Kenny Gamble going off the board after that. Blake Jarwin after as is that that is that is the second tight end for him to back me up. Um, Travis Kelsey. But here here is where I don't mind that. Where obviously you're not taking Travis Kelsey out of your lineup, but we're at the point of the draft where the players are so slim. If Blake Jarwin hits, you know. I'm, I'm talking myself out of it. I'm actually not sure where Blake Jarwin fits in. But uh, what do you guys think about taking any tight end behind a Travis Kelsey? Um, so Blake Jarwin, um, he is the more explosive guy. He's the guy that that, that was slated to be the, the tight end, um, clear tight end one in that offense. Reports out of camp so far is that Dalton Schultz played well last year um, while he was injured. And it seems that um, – it seems that that uh, that second tight end position is going to um, going to be in play. So I think Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin will kind of split reps and split the tight end targets, which not great. But again, yeah, with your yeah. 14th round pick, that's that's fine. You're taking a shot on an on an athlete, which I don't mind. Um, but after that, Anthony Ferkser, Javian Hawkins, an interesting pick right there. Uh, Deshaun Watson, um, Christian Kirk, and I'm on the clock with my last positional pick. And with your last pick just like we kind of hinted at, you shoot for upside. I think you guys might know who I'm going to pick, but I'm taking a guy who can be the number one for his team, who was drafted to be the type of number one for his team, who I think has the talent to be, and that's Brian Edwards, who's getting compared Whoa. to Terrell Owens, and it's Randy really Moss. annoying me because he's not – And Randy Moss. He's, he's, he's not that, but he's a very physical receiver who's pretty good after the catch for a guy of his size, and I, I – 
if he if he's great week one, great. If not, then I move on. And uh, real quick, real Shino Prater taking Deshaun Watson. Perhaps he heard me with the QB slander. Again, your 14th round pick, who cares? But again, he's not the team that needs to be taking that upside shot. Um, someone someone who that. took a quarterback real late. Yeah, you could do that. Other wagons could do that. Um, Maybe uh, the Matt Doug, Stafford owner. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you don't you – don't, three quarterbacks is preposterous in a 12-team league. I think he might be trolling. All right, so for me here, I got 15 seconds left on the clock. Um, going off of Nick's uh, advantage chaos, I'm going to go ahead and take Chubba Hubbard right here. Um, he's got some upside there. Now we're into the kicker and defense type area, uh, depending upon who I want to look at here. Let me see if you bring up all of the defenses, see who is out there. I'm going to go ahead and roll the dice on – here is I put in my AFC South article today. I do not see them because I probably cannot spell. <laughs> there it is. I'm looking for the Titans defense just because of how weak the rest of that division is. I think that Titans defense will will be a good selection this year. Um, if you're if you're required to take that. Um, I would do that. Otherwise, I'd be definitely willing to, to stream them. Uh, maybe my number one target on the wire. Yeah, and yeah. So now after that, we got a couple more defenses off the board: uh, the Steelers and the Bucks, two really good units. And normally, I would have sleeper doesn't have the schedule updated, or or does it? No, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't have the schedule updated on when I click it. But normally, I would just stream off of Week One matchup and figure out after that. Um, but without having that in front of me and very little time to do it, um, I'm going to take a talented unit and I'm going to take the Nick Bosa led 49ers. It's a good pick there. Um, predicting uh, defense is really tough. So you kind of do want to think about it that way. You want to think about easy schedules. So that's the Titans is a, is a bet on playing, uh, six teams that might not be very good. Um, and then also you want to bet on good pass rushers because sacks are bankable points that are a little bit more predictable. Yep, and I, I also just want to throw in that I, I I I chose the right unit because the 49ers play the Lions week one. So I feel pretty good about taking the 49ers there. Yeah. Also, um, I'm just going to explain real quick. Uh, go ahead, Doug. I oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. Yours is much more interesting than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so it is going to let me – not draft a kicker in defense. If you're in a league format that lets you do that and perhaps maybe talk about it before with your league mates, because you don't want to really be that guy that surprises people with that. But one thing you could do is I could take James White here and just give me another back that's going to give me a lot of usable eight, nine, ten point weeks, which will be important for me in the early season. Um, so I could take him there and then just come around and take a kicker or defense. Um, I'm not going to do that here just because I, I um, we didn't talk about that, but you could do that here, and James White would be a really great pick on a zero RB team. But I'm going to take a look at defense here, and um, let's take a look at the schedule for Denver. Um, I'm going to bank on Vic Fangio, and um, his name escapes me. Towards ACL last year. Uh, uh, Von Miller? Lineman. Von Miller, yeah, Von Miller bouncing back. Or Bradley yeah. Chubb, even. Yeah, yeah. they got a good defensive line. Um, 
they're going to rely on defense. Uh, they got some playmakers. They drafted a cornerback in the first round. And then our the GOAT himself, Harrison Butker. Oh, yeah. And I, I was going to actually bring it up um, when it came around to me for a kicker. I don't mind taking a defense um, in my drafts even earlier because – you know, if I get if I the 49ers against the Lions is a competitive advantage over other defenses, in my opinion. Kickers, yeah, that's big. And I, big. I, I know, uh, I know Linda would have been would be upset with me, but kickers are far too unpredictable for me to deal with. Um, kickers, you can attach them to an offense. Um, but I, I fully support what uh, what Nick was just saying, where I, I'll, I'll pass on kickers. I don't draft my kickers, I pick them up on Saturday before week one. Um, and, you know, I, if we talked about beforehand, I would have just avoided taking my kicker and I would take a, a guy who would show me early on. Like maybe I would take a, a guy who would have to show me in the preseason where maybe I take Sterling Shepard and I watch how um, Galladay's injury uh, progresses or Darius Slayton with that same mindset. Um, but without talking about that, I'll just take um, ooh, Jason Sanders or Will Lutz. I'll take Jason Sanders. He gets 14 weeks until a bye week. I could just lock him in the lineup until then. So That's that is my draft right there. Good way there. to think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and whew, who's the big kicker pick for Doug? Can't uh, be a Bears kicker. Where is the Bears kicker? I don't, even... yeah, I, I don't think there is one. I, I think they, I don't think they employ one. I think they just throw some fan out there and they hope. For the oh, best. there he is, Cairo Santos, all the way at the bottom, <laughs> um, down there. You know what? I was I was actually going to take Mason Crosby, but you talked me into it. I'm taking Cairo Santos. <laughs> I think yeah, that shows us exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, last couple of years, I took uh, I took Joey Sly two years ago. He was he turned out to be great. I took um, I took Rodrigo Blankenship last year. He was a top five kicker. So nope, nope. It, it's it's very hard to predict. But um, I'll quickly run through my team. You guys can run through yours. Uh, I have Tom Brady at quarterback. I have Derrick Henry, J.K. Dobbins, Chase Edmonds, Naeem Hines at running back, uh, Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, uh, Robbie Anderson, Mike Williams, Marvin Jones, Nelson Aguilar, and Brian Edwards at receiver. And then I'm rolling out Jared Cook, streaming that along the way. Uh, how about you guys? Yeah, take it away, Doug. All right, so – I've got Aaron Rodgers there at quarterback, uh, Dalvin Cook and Travis Etienne as my runners, um, Justin Jefferson, Allen Robinson, and Cortland Sutton playing wideout. Uh, Kyle Pitts is at the tight end. We've got Mike Davis in the flex spot. I would probably actually flex him out for somebody else um, at this point. And then Santos and Titans are the kicker in defense. And then on the bench, Robert Tanyan, Darnell Mooney, Devontae Parker, Rondell Moore, Amon Ra St. Ra, Amon Ra St. Brown, and Chubba Hubbard riding the pine. Yeah, so um, my team, again, this is a zero RB team. Um, I got Dak Prescott. I'm kind of anchoring in on him. Um, I need him to be QB1 overall. Um, I need to get a, a significant edge. It's um, over at least half the league with him um, for this to work. Um, I'm going to skip over running back. Um Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf, CD Lamb, Julio Jones. Um, I'm going to be cycling through that flex uh, between Jamar Chase um, and then whatever one of these, Miko Hardman, uh, Paris Campbell, if either of them break out and become a thing, they could they could make it into my flex every now and again. But um, my lineup should get better as the season goes on. James White's sitting on the waiver wire. I can pick him up if I need to, if I have an injury between now and the season starting. 
I got Michael Carter and James Conner, kind of like a yin and yang there, pass catching back and a goal line back. And then on my bench, I have A.J. Dillon, Latavius Murray, and Rashad Penny, all guys who will get work um, week to week, um, and then just massive, massive upside if their counterpart goes down. They're in those two-man backfields that we want to target. Um, uh, Noah Fant is probably the one where, given the choice to see if I could trade Dak Prescott um, for uh, a, a more elite tight end, I would have rather have done that. But Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson are the two I was kind of targeting, and they went before me um, in round five. So it seems like if I wanted that elite tight end, I needed to take him at the four or five turn, which that's just a little too early for me on Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. But Noah Fan could break out. Um, not super confident in that, but we'll make it work. Yeah, no, and this was a ton of fun. No, ran a little bit long today, but I want to th- quickly thank everyone, uh, everyone that joined the draft. I want to thank you guys for joining me today. Uh, this was this was a blast. I want to quickly throw out as well that Chase Claypool dropped a wide open third uh, third down um, would have been first down completion uh, because he was scared of the safety hitting him. So Steelers <laughs> are acting like yeah, no, the Steelers are the Steelers are in midseason form right now, and it's it's just great. Um, but very fun episode today, guys. Um, I'll let everyone enjoy the rest of this preseason game, which is not going to be enjoyable for me because I'll just get upset at some backups. But, um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll make sure to put a little Twitter poll up where you guys can vote for which one of us you think had the best draft. Obviously, I'm sure I'll win that with flying colors. Um, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. I will not. Uh, I, know, I can guarantee you one thing. <laughs> I will not win that poll. Have some faith in yourself. But thank you for anyone that stuck to this point. I'm very glad. Um, this was a very fun time. Uh, Michael Sicoli, this was short yardage. How do you, you guys want to sign yourselves off? Yeah, go ahead, Doug. I'm Doug Green, and I will see you guys next time. Uh, yeah, this is Nick. You can follow me at Twitter. I got my first message about an article in the DMs, um, so that was a big moment. Um, it was because the link was broken, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, at least they cared enough to see it. Um, you can follow me at, at run underscore the underscore Sims. This was a lot of fun, everybody. Make sure you hit the merch store at for fantasysakeqc.com. Sending off. Nailed it. Bye, everybody. See ya. Yeah. <laughs>